don't let your current situation determine your future. So sometimes we think, oh man, I don't have this or I'm not doing enough with that. That's your that's where you are currently, but don't let that determine your your outcome. Welcome back to the Two Stuff in the Fail podcast. I am your host, Darren Perkins, and we got a real special guest in the building today. He's a licensed therapist, a confidence expert, and one dope content creator, Jason Phillips. How you doing today, brother? What's up, bro, man? Well, I'm excited because I know we linked up uh, almost a year ago to the date, so I'm Crazy. excited to be able to... I know, right? Yeah, it's like a year ago and it's a couple of days, so... Excited to have this conversation with you, man. Absolutely. Um, content creation bootcamp. It was the start of all of this. Um, I don't. I don't remember if I had. I don't think I officially launched it yet. I was in the in mm-hmm. the process. Um, so it, it's good to connect with good people, and it's good to actually use those connections. Because how many events have people gone to and never cashed in? Right. Yet? Yep, yep. Yeah, we yeah, do so, a lot, so to actually collab is good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, let's just hop right into it. Where are you from? Uh, originally from Detroit. So from Detroit, Michigan, born and raised. So what up, though, to all my people in the D. And then now I reside in North Carolina. So I've been here almost seven years. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Kind of describe how was it growing up for you? Oh, man. Growing up was, I mean, in the inner city, Detroit is always something to do. You know, there was always something going on. So in Detroit, fashion is huge. So that was always something, you know, trying to make sure you you got your gear tight, your crew is good. Um, Growing up was real fun for me. Um, I went to one of the dopest high schools in Detroit, Cass Tech. So you may have heard of Cass Tech High, uh, but that's where a lot of the greats come out of. And it really set the tone for my foundation as a person, because with so many people in that school, you know, it was like 3000 of us. You, you want to be able to stand out and, you know, amongst a huge crowd. So you have to have your own unique individual personality. And I was able to do that by not trying to, you know, click up with these people or click up. I found my own circle, but even within my own circle, I was able to still be myself. So that was what I remember most from high school. Okay. okay. So yeah. are you a Lions fan? <laughs> <laughs> I am not a Lions fan, man. I, I don't have a heart for it. I know yeah. my people going they gonna bash me, but man, they they probably got 10, 10 wins over the past four years, you know, something rough. like that. It's been rough. I yeah, I know bad. a Lions fan that's I think he's from Flint. And um he okay. lives here in Columbia now and just to to your point, it's been rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a Steelers fan. Ah, okay, okay. Sorry, um, I'm an Eagles yeah. fan, so I know that was kind of <laughs> a rough one. Yeah, um, y'all rough. Yeah, y'all killing it this year. <laughs> it's been a good year. So, what would you say was has been some of your biggest influences early, like before before you got into your professional career, your childhood? Any any influences sure. there? Uh, my grandparents, my grandmother stands out. She went back to school at 
you know, 50 something, like mid fifties mm-hmm. to earn her bachelor's degree. And that was always something that, that appealed to me, you know, and now it means even more being a grown man myself. Like that's challenging to go back to school, kind of start a new life. So she was always a, a huge inspiration and she's a social worker or she was a social worker like myself. So to be able to follow in her footsteps and then take it up a notch is super inspiring. That's on a family side. Now, outside of family, um, I'm a huge Snoop Dogg fan. So I've always, you know, just loved the music and then the the persona, you know, laid back personality. And also last influence, I would say is Allen Iverson too. You know, just having that never quit attitude. So yeah, those would be my top influences. That's dope. So social work, that's that's what that's the route you went first as far as college. Actually, psychology was first. So okay. my bachelor's is in psychology. I didn't feel I didn't really get hip to social work until my my senior year. So it was I was a McNair scholar and in amongst the scholars, there were like maybe 15 of us and let's say eight or nine of those McNair scholars were in the social work program as undergrads. And I always thought like, why? You know, it's like so many people in social work. I'm doing psychology. It was me and one other guy in psychology. I think he ended up switching to social work. So it it didn't, you know, I, I knew what social work was, but I didn't know the the depth of social work and what all we could do until I found out about being a licensed clinical social worker. And that's what led me, you know, being a therapist. So in my undergrad, I was in psychology, but then my master's degree, I went for a master's in social work and it really opened my eyes as far as how much I could do with that clinical degree. And then now I just a few days ago received my acceptance letter for my doctorate of social work um, degree. So I'm going to start the doctoral journey in a couple of months. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So we actually in social work, we share, um, a major, so I'm a bio major. I'm sorry, not bio, psych major. I'm a psych major okay. in undergrad. I didn't pursue anything after that, but I definitely, you know, got that four year yeah. right here at USC. Yeah. Well, it's only USC here. Everywhere else is the University of South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's cool. So, um, what was the process like? So after you you graduate with your psych degree, uh, what was that process mm-hmm. like to to go further to like masters? Man, that was a transition period for me. Like right then, because I was I had took a little break during my undergrad career. Mm-hmm. So when I graduated with my bachelor's, I was like twenty twenty three, maybe twenty four, something like that. So when I went from my undergrad to masters it was like I locked in as far as education wise, really made sure I was top of the, on my, on my a game in my program. I went to the university of Michigan, which is the number one school of social work in the country. So it was a really rigorous program, but just you learn so much. And from the professors, your colleagues, I built some really, long-lasting relationships so the training the training that i received in that program was just priceless and interning at the va working in substance abuse and mental health it has really set my career up and i'm so thankful that i had that those opportunities 
Okay. So, all right. So at this point, you know, we got we got our masters. What's the process of becoming a therapist? Like, what what is that after after the degree? Yeah. So it's a lot. You have to have X amount of hours. So for us, I believe it was four thousand hours. It equated to roughly two years full time work. Yeah. So I started out working in hospice doing grief counseling. So for two years, I was doing a lot of grief counseling and I also worked part-time in community mental health. So that process was grueling because I'm working with individuals who had lost a loved one. Typically, it was like a, a partner, a spouse, or a parent. Sometimes you may have someone who, who's lost a child. Mm-hmm. And I remember vividly working with, with, uh, with this population. And it was challenging at first because I hadn't... I couldn't relate to losing someone so close to me at that time. So I had to really tap into my supervisors and older clinicians for supervision. And because I wanted to make sure that I was providing the best services that I could. And I remember, you know, sometimes thinking like, okay, am I doing enough? And it wasn't until I worked with this one young lady. I think she lost her. I think it was her husband, but I can't remember for sure. But we worked together for a few months and she was an older white woman. So I'm like 25, 26, maybe she's around 55. And after we started to work together, it was we you know, she was getting better. And at the end of our our last session, she said, I'm so glad I stuck with you because what I didn't tell you is I was robbed at gunpoint by a black male some years ago. And by working with you, it helped me to change just my perception of, of black men because of her trauma. So right. it was like two, twofold. So I was just really glad that she shared that opportunity or she shared her experience with me. Like she didn't have to tell me all of that. Right. And that she still trusted me enough as a young, cl- a newer clinician to be able to guide her through her trauma. That's cool. Even though we didn't even work on the trauma, but she, she you know, we worked on the loss, but subsequently yeah. that was healing for her too. Man, that two years had to be draining for you, bro. It I, was, I, I mean, you, <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot, but you know, you had to have the right support. Like it was me and a um, couple of my, my colleagues from, from Michigan. We kept each other, like we held each other down, made sure mm-hmm. like, okay, this is what we're doing because we didn't get the, get our degree just to take five or six years to earn those hours. And you know how it is, Darren. We, we know we're about the bag, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we work, 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 and then we take some time off, go play harder, then come right back at it, work, work, work. But it makes a difference when you're doing the work that you enjoy. Right. That's what makes it all, all worthwhile. 100%. You have to, I would say, enjoy the process because, mm-hmm. as you and I know, it's not an overnight thing. So you got to no. enjoy, not necessarily all of it, but but it has to be worth it. So, oh yeah. So, um, did you have any tips for anybody who's looking to maybe get into, you know, your profession? What are some day one things that they may need to know? Figure out why you're getting into it. 
And I'm not discouraging you from getting into the profession, but figure out what's your reason why. Am I getting this because I have a huge passion to help people? Do I love uh, the art of psychology or social work or the mental health field? What's the reason behind the reason that you're going into the field? Because it's a field where you need empathy. You need to be self-aware. You need to have fortitude. You need to have emotional intelligence. And all of these things have to be uh, supplemented by a great support system, too, so you don't burn out. The average social worker, depending on the, the, the field, may only be in a field for seven to eight years before they say, you know what, I got to call it quits. So know your important. reason why. Know your reason why. Yeah, that's, that's a good tip. Um, I think it's yeah. so important um, for you to know your reason why. But do you have an ideal client? that you work with my I do my ideal client right now is someone who's a high achieving individual meaning they have that go 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 mentality they feel like they're not doing enough even though they have the accolades people are telling them like you're so dope you're so great but they're experiencing a lot of anxiety and because of that they still feel like they need to do more so I help individuals overcome the imposter syndrome so that they can live confidently. So notice I'm describing you what that person um, presents with, not necessarily age, demographic, because that person could be a 20-year-old black male, but it could also be a 50-year-old black woman too. Okay, so it's, it's a wide range. I like that. Um, yeah. What's, Jason, what's the least favorite part of your day-to-day -day. <laughs> that's easy <laughs> the the documentation that's the ah. easy part uh that yeah outside of that um you know that's that that's one part that stands out but then another least favorite part is when you're working with someone who is on the fence about doing the work mm -hmm. and at times you may want to do more than what you may want to go deeper than what they're ready for. And when you when you really want to see somebody win, that that's challenging. Hmm. Yeah, that's frustrating because you can't make them do it. And, and it's like mm -mm. you you see the end goal and you know they could yeah. be right there close to a breakthrough, but if they don't take the step, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they right. Yeah. <laughs> so that that breaks me. You know, especially um with men, you know, I work with a lot of black men and we're doing far better than we were a few years ago, seeking out mental health services, seeking out life coaching services. We're doing much better, but there's still a lot of times where I see men, particularly our younger brothers who are on the fence about opening up to somebody like, but when we do, then we see the, the huge benefits in doing so, but we got to take that leap first. Absolutely. Um, in your opinion, what makes a good therapist? Ooh, I just did a whole podcast episode myself on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I put out five things that, that make a good therapist. And I'll, I'll run down a few of them. Okay. One is being self-aware. 
So you have to know who you are internally and do your own work. As therapists, we're going to hear so many stories. Uh, we're going to hear a lot about trauma, depression, anxiety, poor boundaries. We're going to hear a lot. And if you're not self-aware of what things can trigger you or what things you need to address with your own therapist, you can easily find yourself being triggered, triggered by what your clients are um, bringing into the session. So there's a clinical term called countertransference. So you have to be aware of those things so you don't uh, have too much countertransference because some of it is inevitable, but you want to make sure that the session is still for them, not you trying to get your own therapy. So that's that's one thing, being self-aware. Secondly, being open-minded. We don't need anybody to judge us. Like if you're coming in for support, we don't need to be feeling like we're on the hot seat. It needs to be like super comfortable. I want to be able to lay back, talk about what I have going on and, and not be judged in the process. And sometimes as therapists, we judge people. And I, I remember once um, talking to, like I talked to, you know, some of my clients have had other therapists and they say things like, yeah, I, I didn't feel comfortable with my therapist because they told me this or that, or they told me I wasn't living by the Bible standards. I just had that. Somebody told me that a couple of days ago. Like, and, and I'm like, man, they're coming to you for help, but they're being re-traumatized. So those are a couple of things to stand out. Be self-aware, be open-minded. Okay. I like that. Um, mm -hmm. So I've had a few conversations with um, mental health professionals and the common thing, one thing they share, your least favorite thing is the paperwork. Yeah. The paperwork must be a monster because that's not the first time I've heard that. Um, but they yeah. they all say therapists should also see therapists. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And do you see anybody? Yeah, I have a great therapist. He's also happens to be a black male. So that's pretty great uh, in itself. And I do think that we we should at least have an experience of being on the other side because if you've never been to therapy then you don't know what it's like when your therapist forgets something that you said or when your therapist is starting to maybe repeat something again or they give you a, an assignment that they have already given you or even the questions like the, how you how you structure your session you pay attention to all of those things as a client and you're like, Oh, let me not do this. You know, I, I once had a therapist. She, um, uh, I will never do this anyway, but she tried to sell me on like some multi-level marketing stuff <laughs> like after the session. So I'm like, that's super unethical, but also on top of those things, just because we take in so much. So you need to have somebody, that you can talk to too. Like one of my clients said to me today, he said, man, I think y'all need therapy more than anybody. <laughs> Cause we do, we hear a lot. That's a good point. Um, so that brings me to my next question. Um, after dealing with all of that, like how do you unpack? Oh, I mean, I have a, a whole like routine sometimes like one, definitely uh, my physical fitness. That's important to me. Uh, scheduling massages, scheduling haircuts, um, scheduling vacations, journaling, 
Um, I got back into basketball, like watching watching sports more last year. So all of those things collectively helped me. So it's not like one particular thing. Well, the one thing I would say is exercise helps. But then also like putting things on the schedule. Because what you don't want to do is you look up after you didn't have five, six, seven clients or whatever that day. And now you exhaust it. And then all you have to look forward to is another day of a full schedule. You don't have anything planned out for you. So take that time out for, for yourself so that you can serve your people at the highest level. Don't nobody want to see me if I'm dragging, if I, if they can tell I'm not taking care of myself. Mm-mm. That's not providing the highest level of care. I like that. I like that. Finding time for yourself. I think I like to um, say one of my guilty pleasures when it comes to like me time is pedicures. Yeah. <laughs> I just told my wife that yesterday. I said, I think I we're going on a, uh, a guy's trip, but not with her. But and I said, well, I think I need a pedicure. She mm-hmm. was like, I think you're all right, but I, I think I need to, though. Hey, don't sleep on the pedicure, man. It, it, it's, yeah. it's one of those things that you didn't realize that you needed until after the fact. You're like, man. Right, really good. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. Jason, this has been a a dope episode so far, but we got to pay some bills. So uh, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Real dope photography is more than just dope photos. It's a celebration of your brand, beauty, and confidence at any stage of your life. Our goal is to capture the greatest moments in your life and the world around you. Visit our website at realdopephotography.com. That's realdopephotography.com. And the real is spelled R-E-E-L. You know, like a real film. Make sure you set up your free consult today. Mention the Too Stubborn to Fail podcast on your booking form in the How Did You Hear About Us section, and you can receive a 20% discount. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Two Step in the Fail podcast, where we tell stories about overcoming adversity. Today, we're having a great conversation with Jason Phillips. Um, just to continue the conversation, I want to get right into this podcast, uh, the Peace and Prosperity podcast. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, sir. So we focus on all things related to mental health and self-development. So we've been going about a year now. I think I'm on episode... I think the next one will be episode 40. So I've had some amazing guests on there talking about their journeys with mental health and relationships too. Relationships is always a hot topic. And then there's some episodes where I'm just, you know, sharing, you know, things that I've been through and also giving concrete tips so you can overcome self-doubt and confidence for yourself. So that's, you know, me being a confidence expert, a lot of the episodes are going to be based on how do you manage imposter syndrome how do you maintain your own peace how do you have healthy relationships okay i like that now of course i'm already subscribed uh i can't wait to get on there myself (laughs) yeah yeah we gotta have you on there bro i appreciate that so um i want to touch on a confidence expert um could you describe what that is yeah so i initially started off working a lot with trauma and anxiety Mm. and those are my specialties on the clinical side and i found that once people 
were able to really manage their anxiety, they start to have a lot more confidence. And my clients, we were working on just building more and more confidence. And over the course of my career, I've worked with a lot of high achieving individuals, whether they're in their profession or in their education. And when I started to think about what am, what's my specialty, I looked at what everybody was coming to me for, what I was helping them with. And that was building up their confidence. And I think that's something across the board. We've all had issues at one point or a time with confidence. So to be able to, to do it, one, I'm passionate about it because I've been there before too, where I lack confidence in a certain area. And then more importantly, being able to help somebody go from not being confident to being able to, you know, rock a stage or speak in front of hundreds of people or just show up and live out their actual passion. Even if they're a solopreneur, that's what took me to be a confidence expert. I think that's an important thing that you're doing because confidence is so necessary. It's like you can't do anything really well until you believe that you can do it well. Um, and it could be the mm -hmm. simplest of things, but if you're not confident in it, it's not going to be the same output. Nope. Nope. Like even like with my podcast and, and you have to do things over time. So mm -hmm. uh, you, we got to remember accomplishments build confidence, kind of like the ABC method. And when I first started out podcasting, as you know, it was rough. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Did I even have, I think I had a, a mic. I, I'm sure I did have a mic, but there, over time, you know, I became more and more confident as I kept doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, having guests on and doing solo episodes like my first episodes are really short and sweet. And that was because I'm like, I don't know how to do an hour episode, especially solo. Like what am I going to talk about for an hour? But now as my confidence has grown in that area, I can do that. You know, I'm a speaker being speaking on stages, doing virtual conferences, all those things. Over time, you know, my confidence, it just grows and grows and grows the more we do things. Bro, when you talk about those first episodes, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was rough, man. It was, I was nervous. The camera yeah. does something to you. Like, nobody else in the room, but you put that camera on mm -hmm. and it just sweat. And it was yeah, rough, sweat, it's, yep. It's yeah. uh, and we're similar in that we kind of started around the same time because this is this will be mm -hmm. episode thirty four, so so we're okay, right around yep. the same the same. Yeah. That's cool, but yeah, man, just putting in the reps, putting in the reps, and now that I'm over thirty episodes, it's a level of confidence that I wouldn't have gotten from anything else. Like you can't, exactly. I don't care how many. Um, podcast groups you in how many videos you watch you got to put yeah. the reps in that's the only you thing that's gonna it. get you better gotta do it yeah so mm -hmm. now I, we both stand here as content creators <laughs> well sit here as content yeah. creators creating some dope content um but yeah just, man i love, I love what you're doing too i appreciate you i appreciate you i just i want to actually touch on how does it feel to have your own platform to kind of create and do what you want to do. Man, it feels amazing because I can control the narrative. I can control what I put out. I can control 
what I'm putting on, like, you know, on my, I'll take my podcast, for instance. I know the conversations that I want to have on there. And I've even had one or two conversations where I was like, you know what? I'm not putting that out. You know, and it was, you know, it either it wasn't good content or I didn't like where the conversation was going. But I have the ability to say that's not coming out. And this is where I want to focus on. And that makes a huge difference because now I don't just have a podcast, but the podcast has standards. It has a level of expertise. It has a focus. And the same with my social media platforms. I know what I want on my pages, my LinkedIn. And to be able to control that is different because before I had my podcast, I had been on, I have, I've been a guest on at least 30, maybe more 40 podcasts, but it's very much so different when you're, when you have your own, very much so. Absolutely. A lot more work, a lot more work. And the pressure is off when you're a guest. <laughs> all yeah, you all I got to do is show up and a- ask, answer questions. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, as a content creator, and you've been doing your thing. I, I thoroughly enjoy your content, specifically on Instagram, um, just to see where it has come, how it's grown over the past year. I really enjoy your content. Um, but do you have any tips for anybody who's looking to get into the content creation game? Yeah, thank you, man. One, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's fun. I will say the tip, the, the one tip that stands out is know i keep going back to your why but like know what you're targeting because what i found is that people they can receive the information in a number of ways they can receive it you know from an auditory standpoint uh from a visual standpoint and from a written standpoint and i would say figure out what do you like to do what can you keep up with and then where's the focus and you can really like when you got that sweet spot of being able to educate and entertain, you know, the edutainment, you're good, but also just show up and be yourself because if you are yourself consistently over and over and over and over again, your audience is going to find you. I 100% agree. You're right. And another thing, um, consistency, man. Once you find that sweet yeah. spot, you got to pump out that content. Pump and, it out, yeah. And make it, it's got to be a part of your routine to the point mm-hmm. where you feel bad if you don't post. You're like, oh, man, I didn't post today. Yeah, you, you talking to me. I didn't post today. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, yeah, I try to do it every day. Yeah. Yeah, that consistency, it'll get you. Um, so I know we talked about some of your influences earlier on but do you have any any mentors any any anybody who provides guidance for you now oh yeah definitely i have some like you know that i know personally you know that are not like from social media or internet but people i kind of connected with way before instagram and facebook people who I, i check in with to make sure i'm on the right path for myself uh and a lot of a lot of them I gain a lot of wisdom from, and I can kind of see, okay, I like I love what you're doing in this lane, and I would like to get some of that for myself. And then there's the people who I don't know on a personal level, like like David Shans or uh, who else stands out to me? 
Uh, Dr. Tart, he's another great therapist. Um, but th- these are some of the people who I really love what they're doing with their platforms and their consistency, their integrity about it. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I, what I want to do is like I've asked you a bunch of questions about your profession. I've also asked you a bunch of questions about content creation, but I kind of want to merge the two. Mm-hmm. Does your content creation play any role in your mental health? Oh yeah, definitely. Like when you see me creating content now, I'm trying to make it as as fun as possible for the most part. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to make it like not work because the work that we do on a daily is heavy particularly depending on what you have you know what you're working on in your session so i don't want to be heavy on social media too and even on my podcast i don't want this to be another thing where it's like whoo i need to debrief i want my content to be a breath of fresh air so if i'm not putting out that type of content then i sometimes you know i take a break in and focus on me so that i can come back with the best content that's going to be a breath of fresh air but still have a message behind it i like that i like that Mm -hmm. jason this conversation just keeps getting better man um (laughs) we got to pay some more bills um and then another thing is when we come back uh we'll have the two stuff in the film moment so basically that's a moment where you had to overcome adversity that sticks out to you the most because i know it's a few um but what what is that moment for you uh, and then we'll be right back with the two step in the fail moment right after these advertisements. Built on a passion and love for art, All Things Design is here to create spaces you will love and custom designs and memories that will last a lifetime. All Things Design specializes in event design, interior design, corporate design, custom design projects, and home closet organization. And that's just to name a few. Communication is key. We're here for whatever you need. We'll help you solidify your vision and keep in constant contact until your dream is realized. All things design, a step above the rest. Be sure to book at allthingsdesign.org. All right, let's get back to this show. Welcome back to the Two Step NFL podcast where we tell stories about overcoming adversity. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Today we have Jason Phillips in the building um, just to continue the conversation. Jason, what drives you? Ooh, uh, I think my personality, my 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 desire to be consistent, that like that keeps me going. Like I want to make, make sure I, I, I'm the type to set a goal and I'm reaching that goal kind of no matter what by any means necessary. So Knowing that about me, that keeps me going. So when I when I commit to something, like when I for real commit, it, it's go time. Awesome, awesome. What I like to wrap up the interviews with is a too stubborn to fail moment. So basically, a moment that you've had to overcome adversity that sticks out to you the most. What's that moment for you, Jason? Hmm, great question. I think uh, when I had to overcome adversity, I would probably say loss. So loss stands out for me, like losing my grandmother in 2017 and then my 
my mom in 2019. Oh. That was a tough period. And, you know, I had other losses in between there. So going through those losses really showed me a lot, you know, about what's important and, and also having a purpose. So having to overcome those, particularly like when my mom passed, I was just starting my entrepreneur journey. So like things were just kicking off. I had been on some really dope podcasts and you know, some really great collaborations. So it was almost like a sink or swim moment. It's like, okay, are you going to stop or, and just kind of like say, you know what, maybe not now, or do you push through? So I had a, a, a good therapist at the time, helped me work through some things and, and we kept it moving. Man, that's dope. I, uh, first of all, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, and I appreciate you sharing that moment with me today. Um, where can the people find you, Jason? Uh, I love to hang out on Instagram. So they can find me on Instagram at jphillipsmsw. And they can visit my website, jasonlphillips.com. And then lastly, my uh, my my podcast, which is Peace and Prosperity Podcast. And then where where is that located? Where can they, where can they find A good question. Podcast? Yeah, that, that's on uh, all audio platforms. So Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify. And soon to be, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be on YouTube. So, yep, I'll be right there with you, bro. Like I said, just let me know and we can, we'll figure yeah. it out. I, if you need something in person, I, we, we in the Carolinas. Yeah, we in the Carolinas. We're not too far. All right. Well, Jason, um, before we get out of here, do you have any closing remarks, any words of wisdom that you'd like to leave us with tonight? Um, I will say this. Don't let your current situation determine your future. So sometimes we think, oh, man, I don't have this or I'm not doing enough with that. That's your that's where you are currently, but don't let that determine your your outcome. Hey, I couldn't have said it better myself. I appreciate you. This has been another yeah. amazing conversation of the Too Stubborn to Fail podcast. Today we had a licensed therapist in the building, Jason Phillips. So uh, go ahead and, and follow him, support Peace and Prosperity podcast, soon to be YouTube channel. Um, all of it's coming. So um, just like, comment, and subscribe. My name is Darren Perkins, and we are Too Stubborn to Fail.